Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Anthony Aramani. I met him through my good friend, Gabe Arnold. He's been on the show. Great dude. But Anthony, we're kind of like just getting to know each other. So give us a little bit of your background. Tell us a little bit about what you do. I mean, I know you're an awesome closer. You've done a bunch of crazy stuff. But for my audience that hasn't heard any of your story, hasn't dug into your stuff, give us a little bit of info on you and what you're doing. Yeah, so over the course of two years, having enrolled 486 high-ticket clients and collected over $6.67 million cash during that time, I did not realize I had broken some industry records. And people started asking me, like, how, how did I do that? What was the mindset that went into that? What was the sales process? What were the skills, the, the mental models, the frames, the questions that you asked? Like, like, how did you do that exactly? And not only how do you do that as a sales rep, but also as a solopreneur who ultimately wants to grow to 100K a month or some of my clients who were doing 200K per month or 500K per month even, like how do you create a proven clear sales process we can ultimately transfer over to a team of setters, to a team of closers, to a seven to eight figure sales team. So really my focus today is working with business owners to get back their time by helping them build and train million dollar remote sales teams. No, I love that. I love that. Cause I like, I think we were talking about a little bit beforehand. I've been in sales for 16 years. I've been in the setter role before I've been in the closer role, the whole process. And I know a lot of my friends that are business owners have a hard time letting that go sometimes. So for the, for the solopreneurs and the people that are just starting out, what would be some key things you would, would give them advice wise to help them start scaling their business or maybe even framing their offer. Maybe they're not even at that point yet. As in like they don't currently have an offer to sell or they currently or, do have an offer? Or they have an offer, but maybe they're having a hard time selling it maybe because of, well, they, they don't understand the value versus the price or the, the aspects of how do you how do you determine value? How do we determine value? That's a good question. So I'll say this. If you have an offer, regardless of how good your offer is, there is one indication that will determine whether or not you make sales. Actually, there are three indications of whether or not you were going to make sales. Number one is, are you booking calls, right? Conversions happen in conversations. So if you're networking with people, whether organically online, or you're going to a networking event or some kind of live event or mastermind, key number one is having key conversations with prospects that can result in you being able to pitch an offer. So key number one is book offers, um, is to book calls. Key number two is to pitch offers, right? Like this is where a lot of business owners, even a lot of sales reps, they get stumped. They maybe book a conversation with a prospect, but they delay the amount of time that it takes for them to get to the pitch. And when I say the pitch, I mean, being able to take someone through a very good uncovering, a set of questions you ask to clarify, like, why is that person really in your orbit right now having this conversation? What's the big problem that they ultimately want to solve? which would be a problem syntax as opposed to on the flip side, what's the, what's the primary goal that they want to accomplish 
In other words, goal syntax first so that you can clarify where they are. Why are they where they are? What's the big pain? How is this affecting their life? Why is it important for them to solve this now? On the flip side, what do they ultimately want to achieve? So if you're helping people with weight loss, right? What does losing the 20 pounds allow them to feel, allow them to do, allow them to be? What does that new life look like to ultimately create this gap where they are on this call with you asking themselves, well, I see where I want to go, but how do I get there? So where you now can, during that conversation, pitch them an offer. Uh, in other words, show them the bridge between the gap and do so clearly where they feel and now know there's a simple, effective, and very easy, not easy way, but there is an efficient way to go from point A to point B. So that would be the pitch. How you describe, prescribe your offer, uh, this would be number two, key number two. So number one, book calls. Number two is pitch offers. And number three, and this is also another area where a lot of people get stumped, is processing cards over the phone. No invoices being sent, um, even if a prospect asks for it, but specifically get the billing information over the call. What's your billing address? What's your billing address? And then process the card over the phone. And if we can focus on these three things, well, the more volume and repetition that we have in these three main buckets, booking calls, pitching offers, processing cards, well, the more money you were going to make and really the more people you were going to help. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes, makes sense 100%. I think a lot of times people get caught up in, well, how do I say this? Or how do I overcome the objection? Or what do I do here? Or what do I do there? And if you have a clear, precise sales process that leads them down the path, or as I would call it, closing doors of doubt, you're able to get them to the point to where they'll make that decision. And I loved what you said at the end, because a lot of people have been on this show, but they don't mention the fact that you get the billing address. You ask for the sale. Because a lot of times I've sat through, and I'm sure you've done this too. I've sat through a lot of presentations because like I'm a sales consultant. I do it on the side some. And I listen to people pitch me and I'm like, cool, when are they going to ask me to buy? When are they? And they never do. And I think that's something that a lot of times people have a hard time Maybe not sales professionals, but new entrepreneurs and solopreneurs actually asking for the sale. Is there something that you help train people with on that aspect of it? Or Yeah, 100%. So sales reps are also susceptible to this. doesn't matter if you're new. It doesn't matter if you've been in sales for 20 plus years and you're a veteran. I've coached them all at all different income levels from just getting started to people who are earning seven figures a year. Cold reluctance is indeed a thing. And cold reluctance, another way to explain it would be inferiority or insecurity. So in other words, if you have a sales rep who actually is seasoned and they're earning great money, they actually have a great script. They have a great process. They know now is the time to take a prospect through after the prospect objects, a simple framework to overcome that objection, but something within the rep, even the solopreneur stops them mm -hmm. and it's nerves. Why does that happen? Well, really this happens. This is another reason why uh, we tend to know exactly what it is we need to do, but we don't do it. Here's why. I actually pulled this resource up on my screen because it's going to be helpful to do some, some training on this. Um, there are seven illusions of impulsive reactivity. By the way, if you're listening to this, grab a notepad and write this down. This, this material here is about to change your life because it's not just directly related to sales. It's related to your life, your relationship, how you show up for your family, your health, your fitness, your finances, your faith. There are seven illusions of impulsive reactivity. 
Let's talk about dopamine loops real fast. The human brain is hardwired to validate and reward short-term gratification and delay um, and put off the things that we know we need to do. This dates back to the hunter and gatherers age. Mm-hmm. Hunter and gatherers age 1.8 million years ago. 1.8 million years ago, we were hunters and gatherers. All right. So what this meant was we woke up one day, we were hungry. And we now needed to go out and hunt. So we took our spear and we went out and we killed an animal. We satisfied that need for food, brought back the animal to the village, and now we had some food. In fact, we had enough food over the next several days. And so what happened was that cycle would repeat. A couple of days later, we had no more food. We needed to go out and hunt. So in other words, our decisions were wired to ease the short term and to, and to delay punishment with you with me so far as this making oh, sense. Yeah. yeah. It makes total sense. So if we fast forward now about 2000 years ago, we entered the farmer's age and this is where humans started to realize there is some value in planting seeds. Now experience instant punishment, but the reward is bigger later. Mm-hmm. And now if we fast forward about 500 years ago, we entered the technology age, which is where we are right now. Said another way, we know to achieve something worthwhile, we need to delay gratification and experience instant punishment. The issue, though, is when we draw this on a graph, if we were 1.8 million years hunters and gatherers, the brain was scientifically hardwired to give us dopamine through instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So it takes conscious choice for us to rewire our brain and to create a new performance habit, i.e. to rewire our dopamine loops. And when we do, it's the difference between I'm playing the game to win this game. In other words, I'm on this call to get the sale. And if you are now at the close, you're starting to feel those nerves. You're feeling nerves because you're worried about losing the sale. With me mm-hmm. so far as it's making sense? Yep. Okay. If though we w- rewire your brain to get dopamine from the process, you now become like LeBron James who has four championship rings. You have billionaire status and financial wealth, but you still play as the greatest player of all time. Not top 10%, top 3% of performers. Mm-hmm. And this is not something to account for if you're just starting out and you think this is something for you to focus on later down the line. No, this is a standard to live your life by and to set up systems in every area of your life that you can foster a healthy addiction to. So typically when I say that, people are like, well, Ant, if you're saying I'm supposed to foster a healthy addiction, doesn't that mean I'm supposed to be a workaholic? No, this means you're putting constraints in place to honor processes in your sales, in your prospecting, in your close, in your objection handling, in your pipeline management process, your follow-up process, in the way you communicate with your spouse, in the way that you're taking care of your health, managing your finances. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, we are all going to still human. And so in humaning, (laughs) what we want to account for is the harsh reality. There are seven illusions of impulsive reactivities that every time we reward, we get a hit of dopamine. So I'm going to take some time to break these seven um, 
illusions down. And if you're taking notes, take a simple note on this. And I'm going to share with you a simple exercise to go through. It's going to absolutely transform your life and guaranteeing you put it into practice. You are going to make so much more money than previously you ever have. So much so people in your life are going to say, what happened to you? This is a new version of you. And I love this person. So you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Cool. Let's do it. Number one, the self-flagellation illusion. We have been taught to self-flagellate. The biggest risk, this is something I teach my seven, eight-figure sales team clients. Your biggest risk on your sales on your sales floor are the amount of time that your sales reps spend feeling guilty about missing sales. Mm-hmm. The reason for this is because of self-flagellation. We feel like there's a need to whip ourselves and beat ourselves up. And that we have to experience this guilt and shame as if it's like, if we don't experience the guilt and shame, there's no way for us to learn the lesson. So we literally sit there like, I'm such a failure. I fucked up. This isn't good. And all we're doing is carrying that energy into mm-hmm. our next call. Yep. So here's what actually matters more than the self-flagellation. The process. Right. How many times when we're having a conversation with our significant other and we say something and we're like, oof, well, that wasn't attractive. Hmm. Maybe there was a better way for me to say that. Maybe I could have responded to that situation a bit differently. And what do we do? We sulk on it. Now we start feeling inferior. We're starting to walk on eggshells with our partner. We're victimizing ourselves in this self-flagellation illusion. So what is more important? Executing a winning process that builds safety with your partner and builds connection in sales. That allows you to connect with your prospect, lead them through the sales process, widen the gap, pitch your offer clearly, and enroll the client. So number one is the self-flagellation illusion. With me so far, is this making sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense because I think a lot of times, like you said, people beat themselves up because they didn't get the impact they wanted. But if you follow the process correctly, the right people are going to buy because you're helping them make a decision you're not making the decision for them so you're just there to present and help them guide them down the path so no yeah it definitely makes sense 100 or if you're feeling that guilt for a moment like oh my god i'm such a fuck up it's like wait a second stop cut it out this is nonsense where did i deviate exactly on my call from the process and let me double down now let me train let me review my call let me ask questions let me role play let me practice and let me put in the repetition now to foster more intrinsic value within my process. So as I do, my results increase. So that's number one. Number two, the second illusion of impulsive reactivity is the importance illusion. The importance illusion is the reason why we are taught you need to lean out from the sale. So fundamentally, we know that. We need to lean out, detach from the sale. It's not about the sale. It's about the prospect and helping them make the best decision for them. However, why is it that when we're on a call, And we're getting to after the pitch and the prospects asking questions, what's the price? What's the investment? After reviewing literally thousands of sales calls, one thing I commonly hear is when sales reps, business owners start to talk really fast or they start being very lenient during the close and not Mm -hmm. even ask for the sale. The reason for this is because they emphasize so much importance on the sale. This would be like the equivalence of a college basketball player going into a game, he knows there's going to be scouts from the NBA and four of them are scouting for talent. So if he just wins this game, this individual comes from poverty. So he'll make it to the NBA. 
Mm-hmm. If he makes it to the NBA, his mom's going to get out of poverty. But actually what happens is he puts so much importance on the game. What happens? He plays the game. He starts missing rebounds, missing shots, missing dunks. So he doesn't get drafted and he loses the opportunity. On the flip side, he honors this important illusion and says, you know what? What matters more than whether or not I win this game? What matters more is showing up as the best player that you possibly can be. And the greatest players execute the greatest processes. So we got to get your mind right first to make sure as you're executing the process, you're showing up as the greatest version of yourself. So that's number two. Number three is the urgency illusion. The urgency illusion. So the urgency illusion would be like, if I don't do something about this right now, I'm going to lose this sale. If I don't do something about this right now, like I love to use relationship metaphors when describing these because they're like mm-hmm. the easiest for you to grasp if you never heard this before. So the urgency illusion would be like if you have an anxious avoidance attachment and you're dating someone brand new and the date went well, but you haven't heard back from the girl. So you're sitting there wondering, well, what is she up to? Is she thinking about me? If I don't text her right now, then she's probably going to forget about me and go text someone else. So what ultimately happens is guys start to over pursue. They're over texting. What are you up to? Now there's a text relationship. Now she's lost interest and she's moved on. Mm -hmm. So the same exact thing shows up within sales. When we feel the pressure of, if I don't change the pace of my sales right now, I'm going to go bankrupt. And so now what happens is what? We start working 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six, seven days a week. Maybe you fix your sales, but in a couple of months, your wife's like, I want a divorce. Yeah. Yep. Or you go a couple of years like that and your kid's like, my dad was there, but he was never really there. Yeah. And so the urgency illusion, what's more important than having to do something about this ASAP, which will give you a lot more peace and a lot more joy in your life is process. Mm-hmm. Number four is finish line illusion. How often do you hear from sales reps where they hit a record month and the next month is what? Trash for them. Trash. (laughs) Sales rut. I'm about to go bankrupt, about to throw my chair out the window and get out of here. They get to this point mentally where they're like, oh my gosh, this is really, really bad. Or wow, I'm so close. Mm -hmm. I'm super, super close. I'm two sales away from breaking a record. And what ultimately happens is when we get to this place of the finish line illusion, we start to think I made it. And so we become complacent. The things previously we were doing that was creating the sales momentum we needed to achieve higher sales and income goals. Now we're leaving work early. Mm -hmm. Now where the aggression on our sales calls has dropped significantly. Now we're no longer listening. We're getting distracted. We're secretly checking Slack on our phones while a prospect is sharing something with us. Or we're shopping for a watch while on a sales call. So what's more important about the finish line illusion is once again, process. Number five is the good, is the good enough illusion. So the good enough illusion I typically see with sales reps, even solopreneurs who've been in the space for at least eight months, they've had every kind of sales conversation there is to have. They understand their market real well. They understand their product or service real well. And they know exactly what it is they're doing, but they have this internal belief that they've that they've made it and they're now good enough. There's no more room for them to grow. Mm-hmm. 
when really sales is such a game of nuance it's kind of like olympic weightlifting like for yep. for several years i was an avid olympic weightlifter and when you're an olympic weightlifting the first thing you learn are movement fundamentals how to execute the bar path properly so that you're not getting injured and you can actually achieve some bigger numbers so in doing so you develop more confidence you're lifting heavier weight you're stacking on five pound plates 10 pound plates eventually a 25 pound plate but what happens is over the over the months over the year sometimes even two years you get to a point where you plateau and if you're snatching, let's say 205 pounds, going from 205 to 225, you're not just talking about a speed shift. You're talking about a strength shift, a mobility shift, and a mental confidence shift. Mm-hmm. But there's nuance across the board. And so what you do is as you're training somebody to execute heavier movements is you increase the weight, not even by 25 pound plates or 10 pound plates, 45 pound plates, but five pound plates, two and a half pound plates, white, one pound plates, red, half pound plates, green, three, three quarter pound plates. There's even like 0.25 pound plates, right? So it's like so much more nuanced. So when I hear from sales reps, like, oh, I'm good enough. I've made it. I've maximized my potential. Have you really? Why is it that I have clients who are earning over seven figures a year in income doing sales, but they're still feeling as if they don't know enough? Mm -hmm. They're training twice as hard, role-playing twice as much, asking twice as many questions, and they're incredible students. Well, typically, it's because they have something outside of sales pulling their focus. Maybe it's because they're investing, so they're making a lot of money, then getting rid of a lot of money because they know the more cash on hand they have, the less drive and motivation they're going to have to produce. Sure. Yep. So once again, what's more important and whether or not you're good enough is the process. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Number six, the special circumstance illusion. I'll never forget last year. I started working with an agency where two closers were on the team for a year and a half First six months, 150 K revenue generated after the first six months, 35 K a month generated. Business owner was like, what the actual heck? I should fire these people and replace them. I said, well, let me hop in. Let me take a look. Got on a couple of calls with them after we started working together. And what they what they started saying was there were so many others who came into our space who have a very similar pitch. So our market's different. Our sales process is different. We have too much competition. The economy has shifted. There's some special circumstance thing that yeah. has happened And therefore, I can't get what I need to get done. And I was like, hold up a second. Let's look at your script. Let's listen to your calls. Your script says to ask this, where did this question come from? Let me ask you, when you were following the script, what was your closing percentage? 26%. How much revenue were you generating per month? 150K. Mm -hmm. When was the last time that you followed this script to the T? Three months ago. (laughs) Been some time. Yep. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you back to baseline in accordance to the process. Yep. And then what we're going to do is we're going to optimize. Here's better questions to ask. Here's better tie downs to get. Here's a better way to pitch the offer. Here's a better way to overcome objections. Here's a better way to get prospects to enroll themselves. Your situation is never, is never special. No one's a snowflake. What's most important is process. Yeah. And last but not least, is one of my favorites. 
It's the lack of opportunities illusion. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm not hitting my sales goals because marketing keeps shitting the bed. It's lead quality. Okay, let's have a conversation about it. How many leads are you generate? Is is your company generating per month? Well, I'm averaging about 15, 20 new leads per day. Okay. Interesting. How many leads are in your current CRM? We have over 50,000 leads. And you're not averaging at least three sales a week? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Let's take a look at how you're using your time. Or I don't have any calls booked on my calendar right now. I, I hear this typically from solopreneurs. I, I, I don't have any calls booked on my calendar right now. Why is that? Well, nobody's reaching out to want to have a conversation. Okay, what else are you doing? Hoping people reach out to have a conversation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we need to change that. Let's take a look at how you're using your time. Let's do a time audit. Mm-hmm. From the moment you wake up to the moment you stop working, every 30 minutes of work that you do, let's audit exactly what you're doing within that space of time. Okay, you're scrolling through TikTok from this time to this time. You took your car for an oil change between this time and this time. Your wife hit you up because of an emergency and you needed to get on daddy duty. All that is good, but what's the average of where you're putting your time? Mm-hmm. And is that making you money? If not, then let's simply take the activities that are distracting you, pulling your focus, pulling your mental bandwidth, your energy, and let's swap that with activities that are going to get you paid. Remember those three keys, booking calls, pitching offers, and processing cards over the phone. And when you do, you'll realize that there's maybe a seven to 14 day period of lag, depending on the space you're in. If you're B2B, it's going to take a little longer. B2C, it's going to be shorter. But what happens is you go a couple of days doing this. Now you have more conversations. Now more of your conversations are turning into phone calls. Now, long and behold, you're pitching offers. A percentage of the offers you're pitching are turning into closes. Yep. Which means when you follow the process, regardless of what your current circumstance looks like, and you yeah. get better, you increase your skill set. You were going to make way more money than the person who is waiting for the perfect time. 100%. I, I love this. I, I 100% love this. And I did. Normally, I'm interacting with my guests, but you were just laying out a pattern of how I made my money for the last 16 years and more so in the last five years. It's always a process. And once you can get those things set up, you have enough prospects in your pipeline, you follow what you know actually works. The sales comes in and then you're not worried about that one sale at the end of the month, like you mentioned with the finish line thing. So if you're listening to this, rewind this, especially if you're in sales and make sure you wrote every one of those down and evaluate yourself on it because that was gold. Like Anthony, that was probably one of the best ways I've heard it described. And I've heard, like we were talking before, a ton of sales pitch. Jiz, I've been to a bunch of sales conferences. Like that's the world I'm in. So thank you. That that was amazing, man. Yeah, my pleasure. In fact, what I'd love to do is switch gears for a moment and share a helpful exercise for the listeners. So as they're taking notes on this, yo, I I cannot begin like I get passionate just talking about this stuff. Maybe it's part of the reason why like it's it's helped me achieve so much success. But well, it's definitely been one of the indi- the reasons why that I've achieved so much success. But there's a journaling prompt I recommend. You don't just do once. But I practice and will only teach things that I do. Here's Mm -hmm. my phone. This is a reminder. This is what I do. Every hour, you are going to set a reminder. And on your phone, it's going to remind you with a question. 
and spend the time to think about this question. Don't put it off. Literally spend the time. All right. The question is, are you feeling anxious, hopeless, impatient, uneasy, sad, or angry because you're focusing too much on the outcome? Hitting my projections, hitting my sales goals, recovering from bankruptcy, avoiding getting fired. My wife, whether or not she's going to leave me because she threatened me with divorce, doesn't matter. Does an outcome, are you feeling sad, uneasy, or angry, impatient, hopeless, anxious, whatever? If no, great. Keep doing what you're doing. If yes, take out your phone or your notebook and note, number one, time of day. Number two, the feelings you feel. And number three, the thoughts that led to those feelings exactly. Then every morning and evening, refer back to your notes. Refer to your notes that you took here listening to this podcast episode specifically. Take out your mental map, so look at your notes. Refer to the section and identify which of the seven illusions of impulsive reactivity are you falling victim to. Are you beating yourself up? And wasting time feeling guilt and shame? You get no value from feeling guilt and shame. Look, you fucked up. You made a mistake. Own it. Learn from it. And let's get you back to the process. And identify which of those illusions you're falling victim to. Then take the time to reinterpret your life. Reinterpret the events. Reinterpret the circumstance. Using what it is that you've learned here on this podcast. Repeat this twice a day. Every single day for at least 30 days. And what you were going to do is you were, you're going to rewire your brain to rather get dopamine from the outcome and whether or not you achieve it, you're going to instead get dopamine from rewiring your brain this way and from the process. And so as you're doing this one final step to bring this full circle to really maximize the art of how dopamine loops work is allow yourself when you make this reinterpretation to feel your 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 body give give your body permission to feel the satisfaction and pleasure of making this reinterpretation so don't just like do this journaling exercise clarify well I'm self-flagellating I need to get back to the process and then you start taking action no like literally take a moment and celebrate the fact that you made that shift feel it in your body celebrate share it with a friend that you really support or a coach because that's a process one. And then do it again, repeat, 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 repeat. And every time you do, you're going to send a little bit of dopamine to your brain, a little bit of dopamine to your brain. And once, once time has progressed, you were going to normalize that pattern. So you're now able to quickly break out of a sales rut. You know, what's the biggest reason I'm typically asked, what's the biggest reason why people fall into a rut? It's because of how their brain is naturally wired. Mm-hmm. They're focusing too much in the outcome. They're defining their days as good or bad based on how the outcomes have went in accordance to their favor or not. And because they don't have a tool or a process to reinterpret this, they spend what should have taken 20 minutes to process that emotion. They are now taking six, six weeks, yeah, 30 days, toiling in that anger and that frustration. And it's not necessary. Yeah, no, dude, this is this is amazing. This is like the thing that I think a lot of people don't get when it comes to sales and mindset and all is you're the secret sauce. What you do in your head and what you mentioned there, your subconscious does not understand um 
feelings as much as what you tell it. So if you tell it that you're happy and you're focused, it's going to believe that if you tell it, it's not, you have to reframe your mind. And I love that, that exercise that you did there. Is there any other like practices or stuff that you do to help, you know, reframe the mind or get more focused or set on what you're trying to accomplish as a person, not just in sales, but in life business in general? Absolutely. What I will say though, to protect the bandwidth of your listeners I'm a huge proponent when you learn one thing that will change your life, go do that one thing and incorporate it into your life. I can share with you a thousand different things Mm -hmm. that will help you and you can dabble in all or you can maximize one thing. You know, you do kickboxing. So, you know, the more you practice a jab, the better the chance you're going to have to use that jab to defend yourself. And the same is true with moving. The same is true with this mindset exercise. But ultimately, yeah. So one of the things that I will share, though, is um, make sure that in your personal life, you're not making your life all about sales. I see this time and time again where you at the last company I was at, we were like the freaking Patriots playing together and it was high performance, all A players, like everyone was dialed in. And when they weren't, we could have gotten fired. But Mm -hmm. We, we did something that was really interesting. We always made sure that whatever was happening at work, whether we were overhitting our projections, we hit our projections, or we didn't, on our calendar, we had activities that were scheduled, that had nothing to do with work, nothing to do with making money, but they were activities that allowed us to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so what I started with, what I would start doing was I would schedule taco nights with the boys, cigar nights with the boys. Mm -hmm. Or eventually I picked up a hobby and passion for house music and DJing. So I started practicing that and cultivating that skill set. Because when I'm doing that, man, sales doesn't matter. Whether or not I hit a sale or I collected, you know, a paid in full, like none of that matters. I'm engaged in this other thing that's bringing me joy. And what that does is it sharpens me as a human being. There's so many emotions in life to experience. And what oftentimes we get stuck on as a sales rep, as a sales manager, as a solopreneur, is there are skill sets, there's volume, there's skill sets related to sales. Here's the questions to ask. Here's how to frame, pitch, et cetera. But also here's the people skills to cultivate patience, empathy, drive, Mm -hmm. vision, purpose. And the ability to connect with others, to build intimacy. What's intimacy? It's a window into the soul. It's like into me, I see. And I really believe sales is, is a great vehicle for you to do that. But to connect with others best, you got to expand your emotional horizons. Whether or not you're a guy or you're a woman. So setting your life up with fun activities that allow you to stretch your emotional capacity hobbies, time with friends, time with kids, time with your significant other, and so forth, it's going to fuel your drive, feel your drive. And it's the reason why I, I tell people all the time, the sharpest and deadliest closers who earn the most money are those who are having fun, yep. period, end of story. Yeah, no, I love that. And it also, I think, helps with the whole mental pressure, stress, all of that type of stuff. Um We've been going like 40 minutes and you just dropped like a gold mine for people that are listening. This is 
this is something that, again, you should re-listen to multiple times. You're not going to catch it all on the first time. Go back to this, save this so that you can use it more. Anthony, where can people find you at, though? Because I know more people are like, well, crap, I just got a little bit of this. I want to know more about what he does. Yeah, it's a great question. So I would love to give your listeners, this is the four-part framework that I've used to overcome objections and collect over $6.67 million cash in 24 months. It's going to break down the four-part framework on how to overcome the most common objections from business partner to spouse to timing to skepticism to fear to I've been burnt to finances. It's going to give you the four-part framework and it's going to give you the real-time scripts. If you sell a product or service, that's at least $2,000 or more. To download this, go to facebook.com and search the infinite closer method. That's my Facebook group. It's free request to join and leave a note. Say that you've found the Facebook group through your podcast and I'm going to have this sent over to your team. But in addition to this, if you go to the guide section within the Facebook group, um, I'm a huge proponent of giving a lot more value than I ever ask for in return. And I mean that. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see trainings there in the guide sections on how to prevent objections, sales management, sales management and leadership how to overcome specific objections with, with the role play. You're going to see live sales call cool reviews to mindset, performance, and everything else in between. So go to facebook.com, go to the search bar, type in the infinite closer method, request to join the group. I'll personally accept you in and happy awesome. to share those helpful resources. Yeah, no, I, I love that, my friend. I love that a lot. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you. Like you just dropped so much knowledge. We could keep talking and jamming, but I just want what you just gave that gift to just sink and have them come in and then come into your world. I appreciate you for being on the show, my friend. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And like, I know I've said it three times, but re-listen to this, send it to your friends, family, anyone in sales, business, life that needs it. And until next time, have an awesome, amazing day. Thank you for listening to the 150K podcast. Remember your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.